Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. Blended family and friends, welcome to another episode. We have a good one today. I feel like I say that every single episode, but we are discussing insecurity. I don't know if it's possible for each of these episodes to be my favorite. I just have a feeling this one, it just takes things to another level. We're going right into the blender with this one. And when it comes to the word insecurity, that in itself it, it just triggers something for some of us. And it's possible that three to five of you have already exited out of this episode. It's all good. Whoever needs to hear this will hear this. I know I do. So I'm excited to talk about it. But first, I thought we should start by defining insecurity. And the definition I came across was the state of being open to danger or threat or a lack of protection. That is the definition that I felt was spot on concerning my personal experience. And I have no doubt that some of you listening have experienced this to some degree as well. And if I break it down a bit further, what that essentially means is that our environment or our circumstances end up stimulating or triggering an area within ourselves that cause us to feel inadequate unsafe, threaten some form of fear. Essentially, we are losing something. We are experiencing some form of loss that makes us vulnerable and we no longer feel secure. That's why the term is insecurity and the experience tends to be subjective. So what makes myself feel insecurity, unsafe, threatened in some kind of way is different than the experience or the insecurities present within another person. We tend to have different triggers and they depend on our upbringing, previous experiences. They tend to manifest as a result of potential trauma that we have experienced or stressors and relationships and the impact that those relationships have had on our development are huge contributors to whatever our insecurities end up being. And just like a dry wooded area with a lot of brush around on a super hot day, is the perfect environment for a fire, just like a condensed, cool, and potentially moist area is perfect for the development of some form of mold or mildew infestation. The blended family and all that it consists of serves as the perfect environment for insecurity to flourish. And I use that term flourish intentionally because it tends not to just remain under the surface because of all of the variables, all of the questions, all of the inconsistencies that are likely present within the blended family dynamic. Something such as insecurity has more than enough ammunition to work with. And I believe I've mentioned this once or twice during one of the previous episodes, but 
if you are in a blended family, your family has been compromised. And that's not something that I take pride in saying. It's just the truth. There are so many things that are present, again, within this unit that hinders or constricts some of those principles that are supposed to be operating within each family. Simple things like security, as we're talking about, identity, consistency, attention, protection, identifying gifts and talents. These are things that are likely functioning within our family unit in some capacity, but it's possible that they're not being exercised at full potential. And this is a difficult truth to swallow, but it's something that I've recognized within my own situation. And by no means is this something to be ashamed about. If anything, it inspires myself and it should inspire you all the more to do the work necessary so that these principles, these seemingly basic things can be functioning without restriction within ourselves personally and within our family units. And I'm not saying that the quote unquote traditional family is absent of insecurity and some of the same hindrances that we experience within the blended family. But there is no denying the fact that the two parent household tends to be more functional and a better environment for all parties involved. And before you get mad at me for everything that I just said, think about it. If you are in a blended family, that likely means that there is a parent present who is an ex and you are co-parenting with this individual. And if we're being extra honest, you probably don't like this person. I mean, I recall my wife saying several times that she wishes the other parent was gone. She hasn't hired an assassin. She has no intention to take that into her own hands. She just understands that the presence of this other individual serves as a hindrance. It served as a hindrance for us at times. And although he is very necessary for our oldest daughter, as far as being in her life, there have been moments where she has been negatively impacted by what's happening on the other side. Not to say that we're perfect over here. We're making mistakes, too. But that's just what it is. Imagine being able to literally choose who you want in your life and who you do not want in your life. For those of us in the blended family, that right has essentially been taken from us or we've given that right away as a result of whether you want to call it mistakes, mishaps or just life circumstance. Also, when it comes to the traditional two parent household without any outside parental influences, the connection that we have with our children is at a different level entirely. When you think about a step parent coming into this dynamic, there is no way that I'm the only person that has experienced disconnect with my oldest daughter because I did not have the biological predisposition, the emotional connection, the habits and behaviors that I couldn't relate with. And then she looks like her 
dad. So I've had major struggles and so many hurdles that I had to overcome in order to develop and strengthen the relationship that I now have with my daughter. There's a reason why the design consists of parents having children and the connection that is established, they adopt your likeness, your characteristics. So when they're tripping, when they are acting up, guess what? You're looking at yourself right now. So you have a greater level of grace that you're willing and able to exercise with your child. And when I look back, I can honestly say that I struggled with this connection. This became even more real as my wife and I had our first child together, I recognized immediately that there was a greater level of grace. The connection was stronger and my level of patience was at a totally different level with this new human being that adopted my likeness than I had with my oldest. I immediately recognized the gap as far as the difference in my affection and my feelings toward my youngest versus my oldest. And I didn't want that gap to exist. So I knew I had to do even more work in order to strengthen our bond. But there's no surprise that based on the intended design, we are naturally going to be closer and have a greater connection with the human that we were part of creating. And you can obviously make the choice to have a connection with a child that is not biologically yours. But from my experience, I've had to make that choice over and over and over and over again over time. And I still make that choice today. And when you think about on the flip side, the child's connection with the parent, they also see themselves in you. So they establish a greater level of identity, security, and peace knowing that there are human beings that are like them that are taking care of them. It can actually be pretty insane the level of connection or desire to be connected that a child has toward their parents. I think about some of the dysfunctional situations that I've heard about whereby a parent who is by no means fit, this individual is strung out or in and out of jail, but the child still has a burning desire to be with this individual, even if they're unsafe in their presence. That is just one of the extremes of the depth of connection that a child has with their parent and vice versa. So in this traditional environment, when family is operating in a way that it's designed to operate, things like security are less of a struggle. There are less variables to consider on all ends. Yes, there are still struggles. Yes, there are still forms of insecurity present within the individuals in this family dynamic. But if that family is operating from a place of health, then some of those extremes that are present within the blended family are limited. And I promise my intent is not to be the bearer of bad news. My hope is not to discourage. However, if our foundation is not built on truth and information that will equip us to handle our business, then things may eventually fall apart. 
So as I was prepping to address the subject of insecurity, I wanted to get into how we deal with insecurity. But then I thought about it. Dealing with something means bringing it to completion, like your insecurity, how to get rid of your insecurity in three steps. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) that is not how this works. We handle our insecurity. We manage our insecurity. These things tend to remain present to some degree, but we can grab a hold of insecurity so that they don't rob us of great relationships and quality of life. And I think the first step in handling insecurity is acceptance. This was so difficult for me because I am both stubborn and I am a man. I would love to limit my emotional capacity, but this is just what it's going to be for me, apparently. But we have to get to a point where we're courageous enough to accept and then express that we are insecure about something. And yes, expressing insecurity is a vulnerable exercise. Most of us would love to think that we're tough, that we are unmoved, so stable and secure in ourselves that these minor things have no influence over our mental and emotional state, but we'd be lying to ourselves. I may have mentioned this before, but I remember attending my oldest daughter's first open house. And this is on the other side of getting married. So we are considered newlyweds and I was looking forward to it, but I knew that her father was also going to be there. So, you know, I'm mentally prep for 48 plus hours, however long I needed. We get there and eventually he shows up And everything in me just shuts down. My blood is boiling. My pores are opened up. I just want to, like, I'm so frustrated. And I literally almost walked away. Like, I was planning on walking home. I didn't want to be in the presence of that. And sure, we can call it a lack of maturity on my end, but something pretty extreme was being triggered inside of me. It took me a while to come to a place and accept the fact that those special moments, I just wanted it to be us. And the presence of this guy and knowing that this is not just a today thing, this is our future. We're going to be doing things together. Your ex will be with us from time to time as we do life and support this little girl. And that was just overwhelming for me in that moment. And I didn't have the words or the emotional capacity to communicate that at that time. And even after that evening, it took me a while to come to the terms with the fact that I feel insecure in this area. I feel threatened. I feel like something is being impeded upon, like I feel a loss of some kind. And when I eventually came to a point where I could communicate that I accepted it for myself and then I let my wife know. And then at that point, we can fight it together. We can support one another. But it took me first accepting that this is a problem within myself. And I know many of us don't want to rob our dynamic of its beauty. It is a very beautiful situation. However, recognizing it for what it is and acknowledging 
your struggle does not rob it of its beauty. There is no shame in it. If anything, we're ensuring that this situation remains beautiful as we address these internal struggles that want to rob us of everything that this family dynamic could be. And after we accept the fact that we may be struggling with insecurities, it is now important for us to identify what that insecurity is, not the emotional reaction, not what it produces, whether internally or externally, nor do we credit the situation or the circumstance that has caused it. That comes, but not yet. We need to identify what in us, the subjective interpretation of the situation. Like, are you feeling rejection right now? Do you feel as if your opinion is being devalued and that's making you feel insecure? Do you feel as if the actions of your partner or your spouse are indications that they may be cheating? Or are you afraid of your child or your children getting connected and close to another individual and then that person eventually leaving? We have to engage this process of identifying our insecurities because if we name it, we can then tame it. These issues, these insecurities, they lose their power when we can assign them a title. It's almost like fighting somebody with the lights off versus with the lights on. When they're on, you may not be able to react all that great. You may identify your insecurity and you still may take some else. You still may struggle, but it's so much better to see the punches coming and eventually get good enough to dodge or even hit back than to totally be in the dark and not know where it's coming from, not knowing when it's going to happen or what it is. So assigning a name to your insecurity puts the ball in your court. It gives you power over it. And then you're in a much better position to address that insecurity. And I will say there is a bit of a part two to identifying the insecurity. There is the need to figure out why we eventually need to come to an understanding of the root of the issue. Again, these things can stem from adolescence. They can stem from your history, whatever that consisted of. And I believe that does need to happen. However, that is a thorough and enduring process that oftentimes requires therapy and some type of support that's outside of your ability and the ability of your partner. It's a much slower process. It is a challenging process, but it is a necessary process for both yourself as well as everyone involved in your family unit. But for the sake of time, I will jump to number three, that being address the trigger together. So at this point, you've accepted that you have some insecurities. It's okay. All right. You will be fine. You'll live. And then you've identified your insecurity. You've given it a name. And now it's time to take a look at the environment, the circumstance or the situation that is stimulating this insecure response. What is the trigger? What's causing you to respond this way? 
And although I am very big on you doing your personal work in order to address things within yourself, you can't depend entirely on anyone else. It is important to allow yourself to be vulnerable, communicate this to your spouse, your partner, so that you guys can handle this together. Because when it comes to environment, when it comes to circumstance, both parties need to be exercising awareness, both for emotional support and in the practical sense. Like if one of you guys are afraid of clowns and the other person loves the circus, we need to figure this out. This is going to be a huge problem in our relationship. But seriously, it's important to adjust and accommodate so that everyone feels safe. And this is something that can be abused. I will say that like it's one thing if I were to say, oh, I'm not a fan of doing open houses with our the other parent. But it's a totally different thing to say, let's go ahead and do what we can to stop communication entirely. That's abuse. And I mention this because we are trying to exercise as much control over our environment, circumstance, those triggers as we possibly can. However, if it compromises your integrity, the best interest of your partner, the children or someone's safety, then you are operating outside of your control and you're exercising a little bit of abuse. At that point, you are just pursuing comfort and potentially a selfish desire in your heart. So it's just so important that we check our hearts often to make sure that we're coming from the right place and so that we can also make sure that we're not just being babies. There are just some things that we have to deal with. They just come with the territory. And it's so important that we take the time to determine whether something is going to be a problem for me or whether it's going to be a problem for us. And a question to ask yourself in order to determine the difference could be, are we going to be a healthy, thriving family if this trigger or this circumstance remains present or not? Like if this is something that I need to deal with internally, it's just this form of discomfort, like you leave the toilet seat up. Ladies, I know you hate it. I know it's frustrating and I know you promised in your heart the next man that does it. There's no way that you could be in a relationship. But that is, in my opinion, as a man that at times makes this mistake, I feel like it's an internal thing. Guys, let's just put it down. Let's let's be better. But on the other hand, if it's something like your kids sometimes curse at me or disrespect me, that is another trigger that needs to be dealt with. Or the other parent comes over whenever he or she wants for the sake of quote unquote seeing the kids. That is a totally different issue. That's something that can be considered an us problem and not just a me problem. So the reason why I wanted to address insecurity is because it is extremely dangerous. It is one of the more invasive and divisive obstacles present within the blended family. And if they're not dealt with, then your partner or the children or your partner's child end up becoming the manifestation of your insecurity. And what I mean by that is they are the source. That person is the trigger. It's no longer the circumstance. It's no longer a habit or a practice. They are the thing that makes you think 
feel and function in a way that you likely hate. They will become responsible for all of your conflict and a house divided against itself cannot stand. There have been times throughout my marriage where I was convinced for a moment, for a day, for a couple of days that my wife and her child, this situation is the issue. That's the issue, not what's happening within myself internally, not how I'm interpreting this situation, not the pity party that I'm allowing myself to have. And honestly, a moment a day, days, that's too long to exist in that frame of thought. But unfortunately, there are people that allow weeks, months, and potentially even years to go by without taking the steps necessary to address insecurity appropriately, if at all. And you've probably recognized the fact that during this episode, I've focused on the adults. I haven't spent much of any time on the young people that are also likely experiencing different forms of insecurity. And that is because it starts with the adults. It's literally our job to exercise compassion, empathy, to be intentional and present in the lives of our children. We need to understand what their potential insecurities are well before they realize that they have any. However, it is not possible to do this if we are not actively engaging in the process of handling our own insecurities. So while we may try to give our kids undivided attention, we end up giving them attention that's divided because we become a focal point as we are suffering from this narrative in our head while we're experiencing emotional outbursts or the very opposite in that we're suffering from some form of emotional regression and we start to isolate ourselves. Those are just a couple of the symptoms that result in insecurity running rampant. And while that's happening to us, within us personally, we are in no position to serve ourselves, our partner, our spouse, and we're definitely not able to serve a child in the way that they need during this very important stage in their lives. That being said, it's so important that we understand that the way that we suffer from our insecurities may be personal, but our struggle is not private. Others are directly affected by, again, the way that we struggle. We can struggle corporately. We can let people in. We can get um, some advice some support. We can lean on one another. And sometimes it's okay to even let the kids know what you're experiencing, depending on what it is that you're struggling with. This both empowers them as a support system, an extension of yourself. And they also get to see firsthand that even the adults don't do it alone. We have to face it. Insecurity is a real thing. It's annoying. And if you're not going through it currently, you got something coming around the corner. And it's likely that they won't be going away entirely. Am I looking forward to the next open house where the other parent will be present? <laughs> no, I am not looking forward to it. However, because I've done the work, because my wife and I are fighting with one another and not against one another, this is something that I'm in position to handle now. So please take this seriously and don't allow your home to become a place where insecurity can flourish. 
Thanks for tuning in and please subscribe so you don't miss out on any of this blended goodness. It's going down again next Wednesday, but until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.